Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is already, you guys, we're just rolling along here in April. It is the 23rd of April, and we are on a Tuesday morning, bright and early. I have to say, I thought I was done on Friday with the filming, and on Sunday, one of the crew people was still here until today. He's leaving this morning at 7. So he said, you know, let's just do just a little bit more work um, yesterday. So I have been sleeping like so late at night and then waking up to do the show. And yesterday was a challenge, so I thought, but today was like a bigger challenge. But it's so worthwhile. You know, I got so used to sleeping really early and everything's been thrown off. When I eat, when I sleep, how I work out, everything's been thrown off. The last five weeks have just been a world of their own. And um, he's, he's leaving today. And I think we need about two months to see the results of everything. And yesterday when I was, you know, doing the show, writing up the show topic, all I could hear is we have to talk about self-worth and why. Well, the reason this show came about, there's a lot of reasons why we need to talk about self-worth, but the reason we need to talk about it today, all this time from I want to say not the day I saw Christ, because about three to four months prior to seeing Christ, certain things started happening around me. And I knew they were happening. And I started questioning, you know, my own surroundings when I was alone, not when I was with people. And all the way till now, where I sit in front of someone who's job right now. It's a big job. Come here and basically, as well as they can, organize 17 years worth of work. The crazier part of the whole thing is that I honestly didn't know if anyone could do it. And they came, they thought they'd meet with me three times, film a class and go. And they were going to be gone in two weeks. And yet, and I, I said this in earlier shows, they started getting really involved and really affected and then coming back every day and not believing what was happening. But to me, I didn't know because if someone doesn't tell me, I'm not as aware as people might think of how poignant I'm talking. Meaning, when I'm around people, I start saying things or talking about things. I don't know it. They know it, but I don't know it. So, As he was talking to me yesterday, 
he said to me, I have been around. I have seen almost every speaking forum I could physically have gone to. I've gone to the best. I've gone to some crazy. I've done, I've done a lot in my lifetime. And he is from one country, born in one country, lived in another country for 10 years, now living in another country, travels all around the world. And so he's telling me this, and he says, you, you don't really, you don't know your impact. And I thought, oh, my God, thank God he said that to me now when I feel like my self-worth is different than how I felt in the beginning because I may have been scared of the outcome of all of this work. Even though I knew it was coming, I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, I wanted to be, but my family was younger. I was younger. I was different in terms of things I wanted. And I realized yesterday that as our self-worth grows, and this is the operative part, as it grows, We need less back from the world decisions we make. And what's happened to my life in now a year, I can't say in a half yet, but since I got in that car accident, was every single thing happened that I can handle now. I was ready for it. That day before I I hit the other car. I released to God and said, I think I did what you wanted me to do. I I tried everything I could think of. And I thought to myself, I'm good. I'm happy, but I guess this is just what I'm going to do for the rest of my time here. Done. I think I did everything you wanted. Although I knew there was more, and I was a little confused about that part, but I didn't honestly know what else to do. And so I realized that self-worth isn't saying, I am worth something, so I deserve this or that, which is what I honestly lived with in my brain. But knowing yourself does give you the seeds to know your life. The difference that it makes to your everyday life is that you end up doing that mean to you and means something to you and everything else just washes away. It just goes away. You just don't see it. You don't even know it's there anymore. So how does self-worth come into play and how does it appear to your daily life when your self-worth feels like something you can face? And what does facing it build inside of your soul? It actually becomes your soul that does the talking. And the soul isn't that highly detectable by other people. You're just more solid 
there's a solidity, a solidification that comes to you that, nope, I really don't want to do that. Why? Because I'm, I'm so not interested in it that if I did it, I'm taking it away, literally, from somebody who may want to do it. Saying no is just as valuable as when you say, I can't wait to do that. I'm really excited about starting this. I want to do this. That's how it appears. While you, let's say you meet someone, and you're really excited about them. And I, I know I always get so crazy. I love meeting people and I love looking in their eyes and talking to them and hearing their worlds, their lives. And I want to just like take everyone home and I want to like feed everybody and do all of that. But I also know when I don't want to be there. And somehow, just by not needing anything back from anyone, I've made better decisions in my life with the people that I meet. I, I found that things I would hold back on telling them, I ask permission to say. If I can help them, I help them. I used to help people in spite of myself because my self-worth wasn't strong enough to tell me that that wasn't the best thing to do. And that's okay, because that's how I got here. Quaid, your self-worth was not needing anything back. Your decisions become not only better, but you start to sleep better at night, because you don't have to go back all day long. Should I have done that? Now what do I do? Why did I agree to do that? Why did I say I want that? Oh my gosh, now for this I have to pay this price. Now, why did I tell that white lie? Why did I, you know, you start chasing yourself down this rolling hill before you go to bed until you crash at the bottom and you fall asleep. There's something huge behind self-worth. And we talk about it like, you know, you deserve more than that. And in truth, it's really can live without that. Because that's where our power is. Our power belongs to us when we know that we can walk away and not feel like we lost or we won. Oh, I beat that person. You should see how good I was. You should see what I said to them. Boy, did I put them in their place. Stated, least talked about topic. We talk about, you know, change this in your life. Be stronger. You know, tap into your power. Unleash your power and all these things we keep saying over and over again. But the reason 
they may not work when you get out into the real world is because we didn't take care of what's underneath all of that. And what's underneath all of that doesn't need all of that. Example I could give anyone of self-worth is imagine you're going to buy a car. And let's say you really, really need a car. You don't have transportation. You need to get to work. The bus system by your home isn't that great, nor is Uber. Or maybe you live in a state that really doesn't utilize Uber very well. And with the whole baseball world, I've been in these small towns where they have a bus that goes through once a day, let alone Uber. And maybe they had taxis. And now you're going to buy a car. So you're pretty desperate. You need to walk out with a car. Well, if you need to walk out with a car and you disclose that fact to the car dealer or the salesperson, they got you. And there's so many ways you can be twisted and turned into a pretzel trying to buy a car. Now, if you go to buy a car, and you're, you're honestly just looking. You're, you're just getting your feet wet. You've kind of looked on the Internet. You, you pretty much know what you want. You know what the prices are. You go in. If you don't buy a car today, it's not the end of the world. You have a car, but you want a bigger car so you can carry stuff in it from place to place, and then you want to trade in your car and all of that, and it's going to be a, you know, half a day ordeal at the car dealer, but you don't need to buy the car you're going to make a really good deal because you don't need anything back. You can go. You can make a deal. You don't feel that desperation. You trust the process. You forget what others are doing and what they think. And you do it. And something that could be very stressful like going to buy a car knowing you're going to get hoodwinked one way or another. You know you're not the other way because you have the patience and you trust the process and you know yourself and you don't need anything back from them. And what's the self-worth look like when you do need something back, like you actually do need a car? You're still willing to walk away. You haven't had a car until today. Okay, if you don't make a deal that doesn't work to your advantage or at least not gouge you for something. What does self-worth look like in a relationship? Now, that's where your biggest knowing of you understanding your worth in your own life and what it looks like. When you don't need anything back from an argument, are you going to actually need to argue? Think about that. When you don't need anything back from an argument, do you need to argue? Because a lot of times there's an Arabic word, it's called infesh, meaning I need to blow up. It doesn't matter that it's you. I just need to blow up. 
You don't need that anymore. You know yourself. You don't need to play out the drama to showcase your pain to your partner. You just don't need to do that anymore. What happens with self-worth, it doesn't mean you're immune to not feeling good. What happens is when you don't feel good, you say, hey, wait a minute. That, this is bothering me. There's something behind it. And you start to look for what's behind it instead of choosing your partner as a moving target time you hit a point of insecurity. Because self-worth doesn't mean those feelings aren't going to show up like insecurity or, you know, wow, that, that really made me upset. But it's more situational as opposed to a way of life. If anger is the way of life of your entire existence with somebody, then you are using them as a forum for your anger, as a showcase. Because now you get to screaming tick every day. No one's there. You hold all that in. Where does it go? But self-worth just reacts. You don't need someone else to witness how angry you are, how wrong you've been all your life, that people have wronged you every time you've turned a corner. Everybody hurt you. Everybody, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. But if we're not talking like that, it's because we don't need to let the whole world know we're angry because the anger isn't the same through in our minds. We faced it. And that's how it builds our soul. Anything we face, we learn from. Anything we learn from teaches us how little we actually need back from others. The other thing it does is it takes the power away that others, believing other people know more than we do. It puts us kind of on an even balance with other people. It puts us there. How does it put us there? Because we don't need anything back from them like to go through our agenda, take every conversation to what we need to talk about and all of that, we become better listeners. We're actually them and tell them our point of view or hijack the entire conversation. We don't need to do that. So we actually listen. We don't need to interrupt. We don't need to be right. We trust even the process of a conversation. We know ourselves. There are no others anymore, like those people, them, that group. When we start talking, you know, and you hear it a lot in politics, you know, the Republicans, because we need the Democrats to be wrong or we need the Democrats to be right or we need the Republicans to be wrong or we need them to be right. We don't need that. Now we look and we say, hey, you know what? There's some 
pretty gnarly stuff on both sides of the fence. And we have to choose, unfortunately, who's least gnarly instead of who's best. See that. I have seen, seen friendships end because of the last selection. I had no idea that's who you were. I had no idea you thought that. Oh, that's just not okay. And, you know, there you go. Because one friend or the other needed the other person to think the way they think. And they've known them for a long time. And they never had the conversations that they started to have as a result of the election. I remember when the last election happened, what a surprise it was to everybody, including the person who was elected. And everybody was upset. And all I could think was, what are we upset about? We don't know what happened. Yeah, he's, he's got some serious, we can see, very obvious things going on. But until it's done, we don't know anything. We're just mad that somebody, and we were scared. I know, I know, you know, kids, the reason why he's there. There's a reason why he's there. And the bigger overall reason now is more apparent than it was at that time. But, you know, we have the patience to watch and learn. Was that it turned without trying a transparency that we just did not see coming. And that's that even at that level, in a country that's run this big, the pointing fingers thing is ridiculous. And we are watching the dismantling, whether we realize it or not, of all the inner circles that exist. And everybody is being brought up to test whether they want to or not. Everybody. And we're all watching. None of us have the power to do anything about it. We're just watching. We're like, oh, wow. It's like, you know, walking into someone's living room and seeing the dynamics of the family next door that you never talked to. Just getting to our Congress people was something that felt so far-fetched. You'd have to quit your job to go for a cause. Now all we have to do is get on Twitter. We can see it, all these people, big people. So we thought that are no different than anybody else. They were just insulated. And that insulation is gone. More to come. We haven't seen it all yet. But it's just so interesting how God just has this plan. And there's ways to get there. And these are, these are the ways. It's like the car accident. The people that I hit said they weren't going to lie. They were going to tell the truth that they were stopped on the freeway. But they made a decision to lie. Because their self-worth is not developed enough yet. 
And I was going to take the pictures. I took pictures of the site. And I could have reversed the decision through the insurance. And Christ told me, let them lie. They need to learn why that's not okay. Now, they have no idea that I'm this woman that saw Christ, that sees Christ. They have no idea that God's paying attention. They think nobody can see them, that they can say whatever they want to the insurance company. And they did. But there's no way my car could have crunched up like that and their car not spin if it weren't standing still. There's no way, told me. Don't show the pictures. Don't fight it. Let them lie. They need to learn. So here, unbeknownst to them, their self-worth is showing up in their daily life. And what did Christ tell me? Now they have to stay in the accident. Every day they get up, they have to, you know, oh, we had the accident. Oh, I can't walk good. Oh, my neck hurts. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, this hurts. Oh, I got to go to the doctor. But it's all in vain. Because what the insurance man told me was that nowadays, instead of runaway tickets that you get and you get all this money and I don't know, there used to be a formula they used to follow. I don't think they follow it anymore, at least not according to the man I spoke to. But he said to me, you know, don't worry. Now we have like certain estimates for the kind of accidents that occur. And if you're just sitting in your car and you have whiplash or you have, I don't know what they tried to claim because I never really looked back. Once Christ told me to do that, I just let it go because it's not my lesson in that respect. I got out of it what I needed, which was to wake up and know that, okay, I thought that I was done and Christ is telling me I haven't even gotten started yet. And theirs was to learn self-worth, that their quality of life is worth more than the money they think they were going to get. And it turns out they weren't going to get much. And the reason they weren't going to get much is because People have done what they've done over and over again to the point where you could see the scamminess of it. And they weren't going to get much for all that acting anyway. Can you imagine? But God was saying, hey, they need that lesson. Let them have the lesson. And unbeknownst to them, they're walking around not realizing how God is teaching them. And I was so tempted. I wanted to go. I had their address. I had a copy of her driver's license, a picture of it. I wanted to go and tell her, don't lie. But I had to let her lie because it wasn't my lesson. Because my self-worth did not need anything back. I didn't need it. And it gave me freedom. I didn't have to go prove to the world how wrong they are. We have to let each other learn what we need to learn. So always ask yourself, what do I need back from this? And see what your answers are. 
They're interesting. Might have been hilarious. And I'm like, really? That's what I wanted back? God, I'm silly. You guys, have a great Tuesday. I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. I will see you. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.